Hi, welcome to the Fatherly Edition, a podcast by Tommaso Maggio, alongside with a cavalcade of Daddy. Join us! Welcome, welcome back. Today we are at the Fatherly Edition with uh, Tommaso Maggio and we have a special guest, Professor Mike Phillips. He's a professor of disciplinary arts, a school of art, design and architecture at Plymouth University. So thank you, Mike, for accepting the invitation and thank you for being with us. It's a pleasure, Tommaso. Looking forward to it. Thanks. And um, just uh, before we start, it would be nice if you can just give an introduction of who is Mike uh, today. I say you are a professor, but how you change, how different is the Mike that of today and Mike of a few years ago, let's say, before you had kids. You know how? Yeah. Summarize, I mean, in general, a couple okay. of things have been changed. Yeah, I think my hair's fallen out and my knees have gone. Um, and I blame them directly for that, I think, definitely. Um, I don't know. It's it's weird. I mean, I've, I've got a second sort of generation of it now. I've got a grandson now, so that's quite, um, quite inspiring in itself. And I think I get to have another go at it, um, but without all of the, uh, the intensity <laughs> of having to deal with it all the time, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Um, mm. Yeah, so I, I guess, well, I, you know, like it's been a while uh, with, they're, they're old now, they're like 33 and 35 or something like that. So definitely trying to remember what it was like before they had turned up is, is really difficult because they seem to be here for, forever. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I guess, uh, have I got, have I changed? I don't know. It's, it's very difficult when you're in a state of constant change to notice that things have changed. Uh, that thing's true. Yeah. Well, maybe there's something they say, oh, before that, so you will never do it, or maybe because, of course, you have this, let's say, long-term experience, so maybe you are proactive in doing something that you never think even before. It, wisdom, I think, is one of those, th- there's a bit of an illusion. I think it's just the brain <laughs> not working quite as efficiently as it used to. So you definitely feel more wise, but uh, I have no proof or evidence to, <laughs> to that. <fact. laughs> yeah. Well, at least, uh, well, I, I assume yeah. since your kids are already grown up and you're second generation already now, how old are your nephew? Uh, he's two now. Well, my my grandson is two, so um, I yeah my my and and at a distance as well. It's it's quite annoying. My my eldest son moved to uh, San Francisco and now we're in LA. So the distance between Plymouth and those far flung places in California um, makes see um, it actually makes Zoom quite useful. Well, it's not Zoom. We use. Um, Messenger, but uh, that—that's really the main contact I have with my yeah. grandson and older son now. Uh, we've been over a few times, but it's um, that. Yeah, that—that. That, and again, I suppose you know what, what's changed is back then. 
I was doing all this sort of telematic work with Roy Ascot and the like back in the 80s and when we had the kids um, th that that was a kind of promise and that was something that uh, the, the vision of a future of a networked cyber uh, right. <laughs> lifestyle now I'm kind of living it and I think we all have through lockdowns of, of one form or another and uh, I'm not even sure if that was such a good idea. I don't know. I guess we had some early rehearsals. Well, it seems that what you envisioned early on was somehow on the good or the no, uh, somehow now is tangible and evident to everyone. So it's not something that's still on the clouds. So everybody needs to face and. Well, again, Roy, yeah, yeah. Roy's, um, Roy Ascot's. Um, that book um, is there love in the telematic embrace definitely I think there is um, when you're assuming with your answer <laughs> that, you know, is, that's a, a, a new form of cyber love I think yeah absolutely and now it, it is a is a living now more than just moist so it's a really <laughs> <laughs> at this point uh, is a quite a routine I'd say so yeah interesting, it, you know even to see how this uh, vision became tangible. It is, and I guess it's interesting to think about how he might be thinking about it as well in terms of, like, you know, one minute we're, we're, we're on a camera, on a, on a phone somewhere, and then the next minute when we do go and see him, we just arrive in 3D. What, what kind of... What impact that's having on his consciousness about the world around him and, and that the relationship between... I mean, obviously he has don't think he has any concept of the space between us, you know, geographically. Um, right. But, uh, yeah, so then turning up, uh, yeah, that is quite uh, disorientating. So it must be quite weird for a for a small child as well. But, um, yeah, I assume so. Oh, maybe for them, because for them, it's now it's the normal. So maybe it's more for us, for the other generation that was thinking that was a, a possible yeah. future, right? Yeah, our, our cyberception was underdeveloped and now it's just, um, it is normal, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is, it's quite shocking still. <laughs> it is, yes, I think so. And that stupid little thing that says, how do you enjoy your, the Zoom or whatever, that will appear at the end of this conversation and be like, I didn't enjoy it at all, actually. It's just, uh... <laughs> wow, and of course, all those things. Uh, we, I, was, I have another co uh, conversation with another dad is uh, saying yeah we all more or less more or less not everybody but working with technology so in one extension or another and then at a certain point we complain because now there is all these for instance those applications where they say oh you can download but uh, is only for kids uh, i mean it's for available for kids from four years old and above so then what is the limit so everybody embracing there is a limit and there we complain because the new generation has spent too much time on it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I think my son, both sons were, I mean, what that was, Christ, when was that? That was 1988, I guess, when the, the oldest was born and 90 was the second one. But so in the early 90s, uh, I had... Um, you know, I was, I was on sort of Mac SEs and Mac Pluses and, and LC2s, I think it was, Apple 
year and we had kid pics on that and um that was an amazing piece of of art making um software for kids and that that was i used to enjoy playing with that and, and i've got some nice photos of of them using that stuff uh at quite a young age and so i i, I don't um i don't really have a problem kids interacting with technology but it's it's not so much the technology it's the obsessive nature of of getting locked into it which um that sort of hypnotic thing but i think being creative with it rather than just consuming it is is very positive of course it's uh, totally different things and uh, yeah i think it, your family are lucky because it, they have you so and you play with technology <laughs> you're not just consuming it so somehow you impact that uh, on them in this um in in this uh, area of life for sure yeah maybe i don't know i suppose yeah it is um you are a hostage to fortune if you don't know how to use this <laughs> stuff um right uh, right and uh, yes so and uh how you think your your job now because you are so your job with the university so i assume give you a a bit of um freedom and how you can uh, engage time and uh, moving between family and um, academy is just uh, my preconception how somehow works out no i don't i don't actually i maybe now if i had kids now, now. i might be a little bit more <laughs> relaxed about it but now i think more <laughs> yeah back then it was um it was quite, i guess i was i think i would one of those sort of blended my home and uh teaching things so i bring my work home a lot and bring them in to work a bit as well so um i seem to remember doing that so but i i don't think i i was particularly i, I was yeah I, i was quite driven i think to to do stuff so i've always lived quite close to the university i've been at this university for the last 30 years which is ridiculous um and literally within walking distance of it so th that was always quite easy to transition between the two locations um, and bring a little bit of it in to each um but i probably what no i probably wasn't as good as i should have been in terms of the management of um I think it was an art college, you know, and then I moved into a computing department, but to do digital art, and that was this, um, that, that that was this kind of combination of art not being a hobby, but being the thing that I wanted to do, and then to do it digitally, which ne needed a computing department to do it. <laughs> so that, that what you would naturally do as a hobby blended in with, with work, and I think also stupidly spent probably too much time doing that. Which is great because now you've got a grandson and you can compensate. <laughs> exactly. See, <laughs> see, and then I think it was just because everything happened because it's your passion. Your job is not something that happened, I assume. So that's why you carry a bit of on one yeah. side and another side. That is a good thing. So not many people are lucky enough to bring and share this passion. I think so, and I guess, you know, a lot of the, so, that was always about sort of public engagement and often working with kids anyway, you know, younger kids, um, do, doing some of the stuff we do, like the 
the immersive vision theater which i look after which is a sort of 30-seater planetarium for for doing shows for different age groups and things like that 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 feels quite a natural um extension of some parental role i think uh, certainly it, it has a sense of wanting to corrupt young minds with the infinity of space and um, uh yeah so i think um, there is a Probably, yeah, I think I suppose that was a slight casual relationship between work, even though it was quite driven, that m- meant it blended a bit. And I, I'm not entirely sure how positive that was for them, for the kids. Uh, we, need to ask, we need to ask them. So. Yeah, I, sh- I should ask them. I'm sure they don't really care anymore, but um, <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. I mean, both of you, your wife, are art driven. Oh no, because both of you are into art on yes. one side or another. But semi I think you uh you bring this to the family and uh I think this is for sure has an impact uh, that is um a positive impact I assume. I think yeah. so. I think both yeah, definitely. I think both kids I mean my my wife Sreya was their art teacher at school as well. They but they She was the head of art at the school they were going to for their secondary year leading up to their A-levels, which is what you take here just before you, you go to university. And um, she, she, you know, interfered with their, with their creative <laughs> potential at that age, much to their annoyance um, and embarrassment being, you know. So they cannot escape from their... They cannot escape from pirates and they can escape from art. So whatever they go. Absolutely. Yeah, but I, th- I think that I think that has they have um, actually been influenced by that. It, it's always weird. Um, I, I've known several kids as I grew up, you know, like my age, whose parents were, um, you know, were doctors or something like that, and they were seriously messed up just as a rebellion against what their parents are doing. But I think our kids have both. Um, They, they have sort of absorbed some of it and have um, and, and have maybe not no respect for it but that certainly that some of the stuff that, that I've done they seem to have appreciated and liked and you know one one's the older one is is now working in the digital you know for one of the big evil um, <laughs> corporations in a digital context as a, as a designer um, which is great I mean that feels great for me that he's that he's doing that and I think there's i can't take any responsibility for that but other than that the influence of doing that kind of stuff and probably those those photographs i mentioned of him doing kid pics on an lc2 he's now living that out <laughs> with that all um but and the other one is uh did do um kind of physical things not digital but physical stuff and now is, is seriously into kind of high quality artisan foods and stuff like that so uh that is definitely a creative activity which i think is part of that yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah and we've been fortunate not to have any terrible traumas with with the kids in terms of that parenting um you know the parental thing the rebellion stuff um i mean one of them was a bit a bit like an alien as he was growing up in that sort of 15 year old period but that that was okay really um so yeah it's it's been quite touch wood it's quite a smooth 
you, well, you can never tell, can you, when you're on that road, what, what's actually happening until you look back at it. But I, I think looking back at it, it was quite, it was quite very, very pleasant. Um, and I know others have had less pleasant experiences um, with relationships and family things. So be grateful for that. Fantastic, fantastic. What, what a story. And, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it's not usual, you know, that... Um, Listen, the story of uh, even to of kids that uh, are being raised by both parents into arts, you know, because uh, they're usual suspect. Who are the usual suspect? And this is a um, sort of nice story too, because sometimes parents say, "Oh, you are going to study arts? No, you go to be yeah. a crazy artist." So, but there are many. <laughs> Many aspects of it. Arts is not just generic. So, you, especially nowadays, you can blend with technologies. So, you can do 30 years ago. Now, it's just a normality. Yeah, and I think that you can see that with um, actually, you know, neither, neither of them did fine art, which was the sort of media art stuff, but they they were in des maybe more in design, which I guess was flavor of that kind of media art stuff that you had to understand the, mat the digital materiality of it in order to make it they they seem right. quite interested in that um so it's not they're not replicating what we're doing which would be weird but they are they have sort of like balked from that and um are the sort of bifurcation into maybe more of a design or more of a um an artisan way of working as well uh, that that feels very healthy i think yeah they forge their own path uh, probably as you said yeah there of course some influence of course from both of you a flavor we, we might have added flavor. a flavor to it all right let's say that <laughs> and then uh they grow up with i think you bring up for sure that sort of very uh broad uh perspective and that's probably is what makes them who they are probably maybe yeah I think so maybe. I think they I assume yeah again I, I would I would hope so I mean where that is it, it is interesting how um, like I was come from an Irish kind of family and I was the first person to go to university from my from my family you know, historic sort of family um, with that kind of working class an Irish immigrant group living in, in the UK and um, I think uh, although of course I didn't actually go to university I went to art school which was um, was interesting in itself uh, but definitely took that route and they followed on from that but I think with that softer edged um, not academic but makerly thing was was definitely part of that uh history and that sort of diversion from uh, so yeah i think there's there's a certain openness and a certain um i don't know I, it's 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 interesting with my son being in in california is that oh, and obviously you know he works yeah. for, uh, for the digital for cyber <laughs> stuff <laughs> and he's um and they're, they're they're quite well paid, and so you're you're they're living in a slight weird social bubble. I mean, San Francisco is that they're moving out of San Francisco now, but but San Francisco is is a weird bubble of so close to Silicon Valley. The the problems that you have with the, that um, 
a complete lack of diversity on the extremes of diversity i guess you've just got very wealthy tech people and very poor people uh, who sort of service the tech it's, it's really quite we were there at christmas and it was just so frightening actually that their social breakdown as a direct result of just massive wealth um but you, you know i was talking to him about the, the class system what is there a class system can you, can you feel that class system i can certainly like here I, i'm still bumping into uh, people i work with even who 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 have been in their parents went to university and they kind of have that sort of sense of historic intellectual privilege if, if not financial privilege um and so you still bump into that and you kind of realize oh that that's not quite the same route that i took and then um but then in America, it is just about wealth. You know, if you've got money, you're made. That that actually, it's not so much class. And I, but and I think actually, what one thing I think is good is that they are navigating through that um, quite well. They seem to have some kind of proprioception for the that sort of social topology in in a um, in a, a weirdly distributed what? privilege. Yeah, this will make the difference for them, you know, and be capable to serve this kind of society. To be able to reflect on it, I think, yeah, yeah. definitely. It, it, it's not, it's not easy. easy, yeah. So I'm probably taking too much credit for the, that. <laughs> <laughs> well, this starts somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah. Let's just make a point, and then uh, <laughs> there you go, add from that. So, and how do you think now that the uh, grandson, how your role will, which kind of role play? Of course, uh, the fact that you are far away, they're living abroad. How you see all this new chapter? That is quite, yeah, it is quite, it's, there's actually uh, just a, a meta internal link to another podcast there's uh, a great uh, adam adam buxton podcast where he's talking to you mcgregor no not you mcgregor um you uh, oh bloody hell I forgot his name that um sci-fi writer um i'll have to edit edit this out and put him in um i'll check it now uh, and it's um he he talks about being old and what it's like to um to kind of discover a kind of complete passion and love for something that you didn't really expect which is um you know suddenly you've got a grandchild there and that is it, it's it talks about it really nicely that sudden surprise of of having uh this complete i mean it's completely disconnected you know that what what is the genetic uh connection or, or it is only like a genetic connection that you have with this this new thing that that's cut that turns up off your doorstep, <laughs> uh, and it's uh, it is it's wonderful. I mean, it, that is really nice, and I think there is a sense that you're living um, not not hopefully not overcompensating for um, for all the cockups you made with your own kids, but there's a sense that there is um, some kind of uh, legitimacy in in feeling quite so loving to to something which is once removed from you um so yeah that 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 is quite nice and i think it's um it is definitely something that having a a, a grandchild give is a certain weird privilege i think um yeah yeah i assume 
I assume. Okay, I'll listen. Ian, Ian McEwan. Yeah, it's it's Ian McEwan uh, talking about being old with his um, with his grandchild, and you kind of go, Christ, that means I'm old as well. I've got a grandchild. I mean, we had we had our kids really young. I think we were in our like twenty twenty three or was that we got married 24, 26 maybe we had we had our, the first one so it's um and we were slightly out of sync with other parents i think at that age yeah, you know i was like still at college and we got married and then we had kids virtually straight afterwards and um, everyone else i was had been in college with on my postgraduate didn't have kids and didn't have kids for another 10 years or something so that was quite um that has been a slightly weird missing synchronization as as uh, they've grown up is that their parents were older or, or their friends parents were older i think than we were um so that that kind of disynchronization was was quite peculiar when it really right the way through but then then suddenly when you get really old <laughs> everybody's the same age policemen they're so young these days see <laughs> That's interesting because now nowadays, so even you say your kids are around thirty. Uh, I mean, yeah. nowadays uh, I have many friends that started with the first kid in the forty. So as you say, yeah. you still like it of uh, grandson in your young age. So that's a good yeah. thing. It's a very good thing. So. It is. I don't know. I've got a friend, actually, who's the same age as me, which is 60 now, and uh, he's got some very young kids. They're like five or something. And I just think, how the hell do you wow. pick them up? I mean, my knee, my knees are just going and my back goes. And um, and I, I guess it's, uh, you know, needs must. But um, it is quite nice not having to deal with that. I, I, yeah, I don't know how, as a parent when they're young you actually cope because i don't know if you remember i mean one of the things i remember before kids was thinking well you have we have all this time in our life we can do with this we can do that suddenly you have kids and it just like it becomes everything you know like no sleep just 24 7 all the time there's just completely absorb absorbs your peripheral vision about everything Uh, and then um and then of course, when they leave, that's also a shock. When they when they go to university and stuff, that sort of empty nest syndrome thing is a real shock, and it takes you a long time to just think, "Wow, it's it's just us now. They're, they've gone, um, you know, tethered maybe, but they've they're still not there so much." And uh, um, then trying to re- reinvent your life uh, after kids is is, is quite a peculiar uh, another parallel existence, I think. Uh, yeah, so having a grandchild. Yeah, is another universe. Yeah, when it's that, that weird sandwich, there's, yeah. there's that weird sandwich where you, your kid, you know, your parents suddenly become old and infirm. And I think we're living through that. My parents, luckily, are, 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 are very, you know, very robust. Touch wood. Um, uh, but uh, you're becoming more aware of them getting older, right. and yeah, and then so. Now we're being probably as annoying to our kids as they were to us when we were at university, and it's things like that. So you become aware of these various strata uh, of, of, of life as you move through it. And I think things when you're young, you just don't think of that at all, you know. But now you kind of look back at the your parents, and then your kids, and then their kids, and you can see these layers. Um, 
and you kind of want to say, oh, don't do it like we did, and you don't want to do that either, and things like that. Yeah, that's, uh, I assume because that's, now you have much more experience, you know, and then you, at a certain point, look back and say, ah, I passed through those things. So, of course, I'm sure you, you are about to yeah. say something, and sometimes you say, oh, let, <laughs> let them do it by themselves. Luckily, dementia yeah. kicks in. Dementia kicks in and you forget everything. So that's what I think we're sitting around. <laughs> well, thanks for this um, picture. I think it is a picture sort of with a timeline back and forth seems uh, in a different, uh, not just time zone. It's a sort of uh, multi-universe. Multi yeah as a, even a Marvel picture nowadays, you know? So you have several universes where you are yeah. young and that <laughs> you move a 30 degree and suddenly you have a grandchild. So yeah. you see your life, how life is or what can be because you met maybe somebody on the street you were working together 20 years ago, but different part. Yeah, no, it, it, that is absolutely right. I think that, I mean, maybe it's the kind of archaeology that you look back on and you just see them enacting those roles um, in completely different spheres, you know, uh, different jobs, different communities, etc. But you can still see those points in people's lives where you, you know, like, like, like moving house, for instance, which is always traumatic. We haven't moved house for 20 years now, and I, I just don't want to move house because it's so traumatic. But you can see them going through these, jumping those same hurdles, and um, yeah. But and I guess because you've forgotten what it's like, it's also actually not that easy to um, to give advice uh, other than about plumbing and roofs and stuff. But actually, the the living of it is is something you can't, I think, give that much advice about because. Um, the trauma of it was so extreme when you did it that you've instantly forgotten what it was like to do that thing. Um, but that 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 kind of uh, flotsam and jetsam that that hangs around from those kind of lifetime experiences, uh, it just kind of brings them back to the surface again, I guess. And... Well, I, I cannot add any more words because <laughs> so I really love the, how you picture the overall. Um, so there is uh, so much to to learn. Is it seems uh, more or less is a never-ending learning process. Uh, uh, yeah. Now it is a life life of learning and learning again. And then once it thinks it, things are done, you need to learn somehow new skill or upskill again because uh, yeah, you are somehow you feel outdated. So and say, oh my God, I need to look for an update here to how to how I can communicate with the new generation now, so they don't talk the same as me from language to tools. Yeah, it, I, I guess that's one of the interesting things about you know being living with technology is that you've you've only got like a minimum six or well, maximum six months. Uh, life expectancy with any piece of software and, and I think that continually makes you consider the next upgrade and applying that to living it's probably a useful model because uh, you just don't want to get obsolete exactly 
probably is the only things we can follow nowadays not to be <laughs> on the mood I mean on the right page let's say yeah so thank you Mike okay for this um, quick chat uh, I hope uh, I hope you enjoy as well so thank you for telling us a bit of uh, you and your family so very charming this uh, arts family that uh technology live in the metaverse <laughs> it's thank true yeah thank you very much Thomas thank Sarah. you for sharing with us it was very interesting a pleasure a pleasure thank Enjoy. you thanks hi thanks for listening the fatherly edition if you like what you've been hearing Please follow Tommaso Maggio on LinkedIn or subscribe to the Fatherly Edition podcast on Spotify, Apple or whatever you gain your podcast.